You are tuned to the Nahum Siegel Network on jmandtheam.org and nachumsegel.com. Stay tuned for JM Sunday with Matis Weingast.
Good morning, everyone, and welcome to a Sunday edition of JM Sunday. It is uh, the 21st day in the month of July, 2013, 14th day in the month of Av, 5773. Matis Weingast here with you on the web, jmandtheam.org, nachamsegel.com. Our first show after the uh, three weeks format, after Tisha B'Av. Tonight is an auspicious day in the Jewish calendar. Tuba B'Av begins. We'll talk about that a little bit later. And a lot of things happening on today's show. We have a, a lot of interviews uh, to carry you along and music in between. Usually it's the other way around, but we have a, a bunch of interviews. I'm going to go through those quickly. Uh, after morning chizuk this morning with Rabbi Goldwasser, we're going to be joined uh, by Professor Yosef Garfinkel. He's from Hebrew University, and he is a director of a dig, which just finished up the uh, season last week. Uh, that dig is just south of Beit Shemesh, so we'll talk to him about that. Ellie Hagler, assistant director of Yachad, will be joining me at around the quarter to eight to talk about the uh, Yachad summer program, leaving for Israel today. Our news from Israel coming up at eight o'clock. Anna Levy Julian will join us. Uh, Mark Goldfarb will talk to us about Hevra Lacrosse here in the United States and Israel Lacrosse. The Israel Lacrosse team made headlines around the world last week. Uh, when it was announced that it would not play on Shabbos, even if it made it into the finals. And uh, then at 8.30, we're going to be joined by one of um, Yanni's uh, singers. Yanni, you know, performed in Israel a, few, a number of weeks ago and uh, did not give in to any boycott requests not to perform in Israel. So Lauren Yelenkovich will join us at uh, about 8.30 to talk about the trip to Israel and her uh, work. And uh, we're going to play a lot of music in between. So I hope you enjoy. Thanks for joining me this morning. If you're studying Dafyomi, you're on Daf 31. If you're on time with uh, with that and caught up, um, this uh, looking ahead. By the way, uh, Nachum will be in on uh, Monday and Tuesday on JM and the AM. Mayor Weingarten will be taking over on Wednesday, and I'll be doing the show over there on Thursday. And Nachum will be broadcasting live from Champions Gate down in Florida on Friday. If you want to send me an email or a request, a birthday wish or whatever, please feel free to do so. Matis at NachumSiegel.com, M-A-T-T-E-S at NachumSiegel.com. Like us on Facebook. The Facebook page is JM Sunday. And uh, we'll tell you more about what's going on around the uh, around the world when we have our interviews. We're going to go to some music. I'm going to start off a little bit slow today. Uh, since we played the Shlomo Kabach songs last week during the nine days, and this is... Uh, the Shabbos Nachamu weekend. We're going to do Shlomo Kabach's Nachamu Nachamu Ami. 
Uh, and then because of a, uh, a Facebook promise that I made with Shlomi Dax last night, actually early this morning, uh, because it's getting close to Rosh Hashanah, believe it or not, I'm going to be playing Shlomi Dax's Chamol. So I'm going to start off slow, but then we're going to get into some faster music uh, before we hit uh, 7.30 with Rabbi Goldwasser and the morning chizuk. I want to say good morning to all the people heading up to uh, visiting day in camps. Thanks for joining me here on JM Sunday. Keep tuned. It is uh, 7.09 Eastern Time here in the New Jersey area. And I uh, thank you for joining me this morning. Here is Shlomo Kabach with Nachamu, Nachamu Ami on JM Sunday. I'd like to sing one more little bit sad song, a little bit happy both. The Kovitz is Shabbos. Give me how many, give me how many, hold on to last note. Can you imagine? Can you visualize? Can you think about? About 2,400 years ago, somewhere on a street corner, in the holy city, Yerushalayim. And maybe, 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 it was on Matzohe Shabbat, You know, sweetest friends, let me tell you, according to our tradition, everybody knows that they have Torah, the portion of the prophet we read, after a certain portion of the Torah, that means that the prophet prophesied this on that Motsoi Shabbos of the portion of that we hear. We start getting involved in the depths of it right now. The Shabbos was Hanan 2,400 to 500 years ago. Yishaya Novi listened to the Pasha was Hanan. And he came down to the streets and he prophesied and he said, Nachamu, Nachamu, Ami,
says, Nachmu, Nachmu, Ami. Console my people. Don't ever stop consoling them. And then it says, Dabru Alev Yerushalayim. Speak into the heart of Yerushalayim, and call unto her. You know, sweetest friends, sometimes a person is so desperate for consolation. Sometimes a person is so desperate for one good word that when you want to give it to them, they run away. Can you imagine Mashiach walking right now? Most of us would just run through the window. Couldn't believe it. I want it so much, I can't believe it. Can't believe it. So he says, Dabu, Alev Yerushalayim. When she runs away, don't stop. Run after her. Keep on crying loud. It's true, it's true. Yeah, now I know it's so true. Sometimes you want to talk to your children, they're crying. They run away because they're waiting for Mashiach so desperately. Give me how many one more time. I'm 
Jam in the AM is brought to you by Adorama. It's more than a camera store, the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network. 42 West 18th Street in New York City is the address. 1-800-223-2500 is the phone number. Go there for all your camera needs, your audiovisual and equipment needs. They have electronics, portable entertainment, iPods, iPads, and much, much more. Adorama Imaging and Beyond since 1975, official sponsor. <clears throat> Excuse me, official sponsor of the Nachum Siegel Network. We started off our show this morning with Modaani by Regesh, the opening theme song of all JM and the AM programming, including JM Sunday, followed by Nachamu from Shlomo Kabach and the Chamol from Shlomi Dax. As I promised him, we'll play something else from Shlomi a little bit later on. Followed by uh, Asher Barkin and uh, his uh, tune Gilad from the Birchos Avicha album. It's uh, 7.30 in the morning here on JM in the AM. A few seconds we'll be presenting Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Followed by uh, my uh, interview. I hope we can make the connection with Professor Yosef Garfinkel of Hebrew University. He'll be talking about the end of the season of a dig that he has been working on for many years in uh, Israel, just south of Beit Shemesh. So we'll join him hopefully shortly. So right now, at uh, this time, each and every Sunday through Thursday, we present to you Rabbi David Goldwasser, Rabbi Goldwasser's words, L'zech Nishmas, Harzev Rabbi Yosef Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. Tuba'av, the 15th of Av hold special significance in the Jewish calendar. There are a number of reasons for this. It's celebrated as a minor festival. Tachnun is not said. After the Chet the sin of the spies, Hashem decreed that every male between the ages of 20 and 60 would die in the Midbar. Every year, on the 9th of Av, all men in that age group would dig graves, lie down in their graves, and await their death. All those who remained alive at the end of the day would repeat this practice the following year. However, in the 40th year in the desert, the last 15,000 people who got ready to die that year on the 9th of Av arose the next day. Every subsequent night, they once again lay down in their graves, thinking that they might have miscalculated the date. On the 15th of Av, Tuba Av, when the full moon appeared, they understood that Klal Yisrael had finally been forgiven. After Yeruvim split the kingdom of Israel, he posted guards along the roads leading to Yerushalayim. He wanted to prevent the people from going up to the holy city for the Shlosh Regalim, the three pilgrim festivals. Hoshea ben Ela, the last king of Israel, wanted to repair this split to allow the people to make the three annual pilgrimages to Yerushalayim. On the day of Tuba Av, Hoshea's removal of the guards was a great cause for celebration. At the outset, when Bayesheni was rebuilt, it was very difficult to find the wood needed for the Mizbeach. The wood had to be collected from afar before the cold and the dampness set in, making the wood wormy and useless. The last day the wood was gathered was Tuba Av. It was a festive occasion each year when the quota was filled by that day. Long after the event, the Romans finally granted permission on Tuba Av to bury the bodies of those who had been killed in the defense of Betar. Following the case of the daughters of Tzlovchad, the daughters who inherited from their father when there were no sons, 
were forbidden to marry someone from a different tribe. Similarly, after the incident of the Pelegesh Begiva, stated in Shoftim, the children of Israel swore not to allow their daughters to marry anyone from the Shevet Binyamin. Each of these prohibitions was lifted on Tuba'av. It was caused for great happiness as the women were free to marry any man from any tribe. Over the generations, this day has been presented in Mesechta Tainus as a day devoted to marriage. Chazal tell us that on Tuba'av, the daughters of Yushalayim would go out and dance in the vineyards. They would be dressed in borrowed white dresses so as not to embarrass those who didn't have. The potential chasonim, the bridegrooms, would look on and choose a mate. Hagoiner of Shlomo Zaman Orbach offers an insightful perspective on the idea of inveagefen beinveagefen. He explains that just as a grown grapevine can't stand on its own, it has to lean on trees or other means of support. So too, a marriage is not self-sufficient. The new couple must lean on their forebears who preceded them to attain the guidance and support. Fortunate are those, he advises, who can establish their futures on the foundations of the past. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day. Thank you, Rabbi Goldwasser, and uh, thank you especially for discussing Tubav with us this morning. Uh, we're going to delay our uh, conversation with Professor Yosef Garfinkel, hopefully for a little bit later today. I just spoke with him, and he literally just uh, got to a new dig site, and uh, he has a group of 20 volunteers with him and people people working with him, and he has to uh, set them up. So hopefully we'll get uh, to him a, uh, a little bit later on today. I'm expecting to speak with Ellie Hagler from Yachad at about a quarter to eight Coming up in about 10 minutes. I want to wish a happy birthday to Ira Heller. Today is his birthday. If you uh, see Ira today, wish him a happy birthday from all of us here at JM Sunday. 7.35 in the morning on a, on a, uh, oh, it's a nice, uh, nice day. It looks a little overcast here in the New Jersey area. 21st day in the month of July, 14th day in the month of Av, 57.73. It is, uh, Tuba Av begins tonight as Rabbi Goldwasser spoke about. This coming week, Nachum will be on the air tomorrow morning and Tuesday morning at JM in the AM. And then uh, Mayor Weingarten will be in Wednesday. I'll be in Thursday. Nachum will be broadcasting from Champions Gate down in Florida on Friday. So that should be very exciting. We're going to uh, go to some music. Here is uh, Jonathan Schlagbaum, and, uh, and then we'll get in touch with Ellie Hagler and hopefully have him on at about... 10 minutes or so. Thanks for listening, everyone. Jamintheam.org.
دلش بار خوبی هر کارش بار خوبی
Yeshiva Boys Choir with uh, Torah Siva here on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you, 7.45 in the morning on a Sunday morning, July 21st, 14th day in the month of Av, 5773. Thank you all for joining me this morning here on uh, JM Sunday. As I mentioned before, we're going to try to get to Rabbi, uh, excuse me, Professor Yosef Garfinkel of the Hebrew University to talk about his dig a little bit later on in today's show if we can. He uh, just was with a group of people that arrived at a new location, so he's there with them. And uh, we'll, uh, he's tied up with that, so we'll see if we can get to him a little bit later on. But right now, it gives me great pleasure to welcome to the airwaves the one and only Ellie Hagler. Good morning, Ellie. Hi, Matt. Good morning. How are you? Good, good. I appreciate you getting up uh, this, uh, this, this early on a Sunday morning. You usually don't do that, do you? <laughs> Uh, now with my daughter, I do it a little more often than I'd like. Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. That's a lot of nachos. Ellie Hagler, you are, among other things, uh, the assistant director of Yachad, which is the National Jewish Council for Disabilities. And uh, you are also, of course, a host on a show on the Nachum Siegel Network. So, uh, that we, is correct, yeah. And, 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 of course, you came in second. We have to, you know, say that. We had a great time at the... Uh, at the kosher cook-off a couple of weeks back, and uh, you came in second place, and with excellent food, and we had a great time there. So congratulations yeah, on really, that. Yeah, really very enjoyable. You know, there's nothing wrong with coming in second place every once in a while. That's true. That's true. And hopefully we can do that again soon. So that's a that was a great thing. Uh, by the way, when does your um, when does your show air on the network? It's on Thursdays, right? Is the first run? Yeah, it's a th- Thursday evening. Thursday evening, what time is it uh, this season? What time is the show going to be? 5 p.m. 5 p.m., and it's called uh, The Jewish Reaction? The, the Jewish Reaction, correct. The OU presents The Jewish Reaction with Ellie Hagler, and uh, I, I, didn't, I, I must admit, I apologize, I did not get a chance to listen last week. Is the new se- has the new season started yet? Oh, not for me. The new season will start this week. This week. Okay, great. So I didn't miss it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Excellent. What do you have on, on tap for this week? Do you know yet? Uh, this week, yeah, we're going to do uh, similar to what we're talking about now. We're going to discuss a little bit of the different types uh, of Yachad summer program. Oh, great. Beautiful. So that leads into the big news of the day for Yachad is uh, the Israel summer program, which is literally taking off tonight. Can you tell us a little uh, bit about right. that? What's uh, how, how many people are going and uh, what's the uh, program going to be like this year? So they're, they're actually taking off uh, this morning. They're leaving, well, the flight's actually this afternoon, but the group uh, spent Shabbos for the first time uh, in West Orange, New Jersey. The program is called Yad Biyad. Uh, it's a trip in Israel, a touring trip for four and a half weeks, where Yachad takes typically developing high school students and Yachad members or young adults with disabilities and takes them on an inclusive tour around Israel all together. Everybody's on one trip, the same buses, the same activities, and everybody does everything together. Beautiful. Uh, now, because of the um, some of the special needs of the people that you have going, you must have a pretty uh, a good ratio of um, leaders to uh, to attendees, to participants. Uh, yeah, so this trip, this year's Yadabiyah is actually the biggest Yadabiyah we've ever had. There's uh, 71 high school students. Wow. who are coming from, I think it's uh, 20 or so different high schools in 8 or 10 different states uh, from across the country. And about, I think it's 28 or 30 uh, Yacha members and about 22 staff. 
So it must take a tremendous so, amount of coordination um, before, beforehand, certainly here, but in Israel to make sure that you have all accommodations, that you can get into places without having to wait on lines and things like that. You must have a big staff over there taking care of that. Who who does uh, that? Yeah, there's there? a big group. We work with uh, the Jewish Journey, uh-huh. uh, who, who puts together a lot of the, the Israel side of the activities for us. Um, last year, actually, interestingly, we had a uh, young man from Paramus who is severely handicapped, who's mobility impaired, so he's always uh, using a wheelchair or something of the sort. Um, and we actually worked with Jewish Journeys to get one of only, I think it was six or seven uh, wheelchair-accessible buses for the entire trip. Wow. Uh, there's only six or seven of them in the state of Israel, and we got one of them uh, for the entire summer. So that was really very special. And we worked also very interesting with uh, another organization called Yad Sara, in order to be able to get uh, a racing wheelchair, similar to what <laughs> we use with Team Yachat for a runner who's mobility impaired to be able to run in the marathon. Uh, we used one of those racing wheelchairs for this individual so that he was able to go into the caves and walk up and down Masada and do everything with everybody else because that would be very tough to do with a regular wheelchair. Fascinating. It must open such a world to the participants because, of course, they're learning about Israel, as we all do, and as all the high school students do, but it's a bit harder for them to go, and here you're making that possible. It must be such a wonderful experience for them. Uh, for, for some of the Yaka members, it's an incredible opportunity. A lot of them have gone back uh, numerous times, and there are some Yaka members who have been to Israel, let's say, five or six times, and they've all been... With Yachad, it's very difficult to take a child with disabilities or a young adult with disabilities uh, to Israel for an extended period of time, even for a short period of time. You know, just spending 12 hours on the flight when you're dealing with either with medications or mobility impairments or whatever it is, it's just very difficult. But, you know, we have incredible staff who do an amazing job. Uh, This year they're all led by Rebecca Schrag. Uh, It's put together an incredible program, and she likes to call the staff this year. Uh, her all-star team, so she's got everything ready to go, and it really should be an incredible trip. Amazing, amazing. My guest this morning is Ellie Hagler, Assistant Director of Yachad, talking about the um, the trip today to Israel for Yachad. 71 participants from 20 different high schools in 8 to 10 states is what you just told us. And uh, many people in this area are heading up to the uh, to the mountains for visiting day in camp. So, here is a uh, an entire camp going visiting Israel. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great uh, great concept. I I believe, by the way, you mentioned people working on this. I want to give a shout out to Mayor Weingarten, who I think uh, is involved in the um, the air part of the transportation to get people to Israel. That's correct. Uh, yeah, Mayor booked all of our flights to and from Israel. For right. The trip. So he's he's with Ariel Tours, and I think he told me that he was going to be there already as of uh, early this morning to make sure everything is. Oh, I'm uh, sure. I know that our group. Um, is all meeting, uh, or is all, has already met, uh, beginning a few minutes ago, actually, for davening and breakfast at AABJ&D in the shul in West Orange, New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And then they're headed to the airport. Their plan is to leave at 9 a.m. for a 1 p.m. flight. And you can just imagine how long it takes anybody to check in and whatnot. Imagine if you're dealing with a group of 120 high school students and young adults with disabilities, how it just takes that much longer to do everything. Right, absolutely. I imagine there that, uh, that hopefully special arrangements are made in, in terms of having somebody to work with uh, with them, and I'm sure it'll go off very smoothly. Are you going to be joining them on the trip at all? 
I will not. Every year it's always my plan, but it's, it's very difficult to get away for, you know, a week or so. Of course. Um, so I actually went up on Wednesday, this past Wednesday. Um, we have a, a high school orientation for all the high schoolers going on Yad Viyad before they join up with the Yacha members for Shabbos, because for a lot of them it's their first time having any exposure or experience with um, people with disabilities. So we really want to spend some time with them, explaining to them what they're really about to do and what to do in different situations, because for a lot of them they're very nervous. They don't know what what's about to take place. Right. So we really spend a lot of time building that up with them. So I, I joined them on Wednesday uh, this past week Great. for that. For how long is this trip? I didn't ask you that. It's a week in America in terms of the orientation and the Shabbaton, and then four weeks in Israel. Oh, wow. That is, that's quite an experience. So uh, yeah, that, this is the, the largest trip we've ever had, so certainly certainly a ton goes into it, but it really, at the end of the day, it pays off. I'll tell you, a lot of the kids, the high school kids who come back, I find have more of an experience and more, and Yad Gad has more of an impact on them than it does on the Yacha members. I mean, there's sure. the high school kids come back such different people in terms of understanding people's abilities rather than their disabilities. Exactly. And, you know, they'll see when they're walking up Masada at 4 o'clock in the morning, they'll be Yacha members who are, you know, davening and hanging out on top, waiting for them because they ran up before everybody else did. <laughs> uh, so it, it really changes the focus for the high school students to understand that just because somebody has a disability doesn't mean that they can't do things the same way you can. Right, absolutely. Ellie Hagler, a contact number uh, for you at uh, Yachad in general, and uh, people can reach you certainly about these programs, uh, but what's the best way of reaching you over at Yachad? Sure, the best way to reach me is just if you call the, the, the main office, 212-613-8229. Um, also, if you're interested in any Yachad programs, there are actually 18 different yeah, the summer programs this summer, um, all, almost all in within other modern Orthodox uh, summer camps. So you can go to Yachad Summer at OU.org. Excellent. Thank you very much, Ellie Hagler. We look forward to hearing about the program some more. And also, you're going to be on this coming Thursday at 5 p.m. on the Nachum Siegel Network with the OU Presents the Jewish Reaction, talking more about these programs. Thank you so much for joining me this morning here on JM Sunday. You got him, Arthur. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Thank you, Ellie Hagler. That's why amazing. 71 students. I, I can only imagine what that's going to be like. Uh, it's, it's going to be such an amazing program for them. Uh, we're going to get to the news from Israel right after this song from Shlaimi Dax here on JM Sunday. Israel, I get a heart, 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 I get a heart,
Shechad by Shlomi Dax here on JM Sunday. JM Sunday is brought to you by Adorama, more than a camera store, the official electronics retailer of the Nachum Siegel Network. 1-800-223-2500. 1-800-223-2500. Nachum will be on the air tomorrow morning, bright and early, 6 a.m., as I always say, bright and early. Uh, he'll be starting the uh, week of JM in the a.m., over 91.1 FM and jmandtheam.org. He'll be on the air Monday and Tuesday. And uh, Mayor Weingarten will be in Wednesday. I'll be in Thursday. Nachum will be broadcasting live from Florida Champions Gate on uh, Friday morning. So great week of programming. Uh, a lot of great programs on the uh, network at uh, nachumsiegel.com. You can go there. You can find out how to listen to the show, all the different ways. You can see the schedule, and you can hear the show live as you're doing right now. And you can hear all the programming that is on uh, the network this week. All new, a lot of new programs coming up this week. As uh, Ellie Hagler just mentioned before, he's going to be new. So uh, it's a lot to listen to. Also, I'm told that the Israel show with Mayor Weingarten is going to be new tomorrow morning, following the three weeks, a little bit of a hiatus. That's on right after Nachum at 9 a.m. on the stream, jmnam.org. He'll have his Mayor Milim segment and talk about a bunch of other things going on in the Israeli world. Right now, we're going to go to Hanalevi Julian, who is uh, a correspondent and an editor for the Israel National News English Division and a news broadcaster in Israel. We say hello, as we do every week, to Hanalevi Julian. Good morning. Good morning, and how are you? Great, great. What's the news from Israel today? Uh, the big news of the day, the big news of the entire weekend, in fact, has been all about the uh, announcement by John Kerry, by uh, Secretary of State John Kerry, that um, the Palestinian Authority and Israel, of course, have agreed to reopen final status talks about the, uh, the possibility of reaching a, an agreement over uh, a, uh, a Palestinian Authority state side-by-side side with Israel. This does not mean 
uh, a settlement per se, but at least to start talks without preconditions. Kind of sounds like a yeah. uh, maybe we're going to start saying something about something at some point in time. <laughs> it doesn't sound the way reports you are know over what here. You know what it, means? <laughs> it doesn't sound you know too what strong. It means, it means yeah. that they're at least willing. They're at least willing to come to the table. Okay. To get them to say that they're willing to come to the table um, took three years, and it took arm twisting because Thursday night there was a vote in uh, Ramallah at the Mukata, uh with the PLO, and they voted that down. <laughs> they were not even to. They were not even willing to come to the table to talk about talking without having to have their arm twisted um, uh, reportedly by the United States, which apparently had to threaten them, uh, and they had to hold funding over their head. That's what I understand do, anyway. Do you think that the situation in Egypt, which has occurred over the last two weeks with the overthrow of Morsi and a new uh, leadership which apparently doesn't include the Muslim Brotherhood and maybe might take a different view of things, may have been a part of this um, uh, to realize that the uh, Palestinian Authority may not have as much support? No. What, okay. what, what, at the end of the day, what, what uh, the bottom line was, was that someone in the Obama administration, possibly Kerry himself, uh, maybe Obama, I don't know who, but someone finally got enough nerve to say to these guys, either come to the table and talk, or we're going to yank your funding. Mm -hmm. It's just that simple. Get to the table and get moving. At least be willing to talk about it, or we're going to take your funding. So with that held, if you're not willing to talk, there's nothing to talk about. Right. So with that held over their heads, uh, what is the prospect for something uh, tangible coming out of this? Um, it gave the people who were reasonable enough in the Palestinian Authority who wanted to talk, it finally gave them the ammunition to force the other people to the table. There are people in the PA who really did want to talk, but they needed an excuse and they needed the ammunition. There are people who want to talk in the PA. It's not true that they, that none of them want to talk. But are they? Some of them really do. Are they speaking though for just the? Um the West Bank side of it, or are they speaking for the Gaza side also? They're speaking for the West Bank. Mm -hmm. Hamas does not want to talk. Right. Hamas does not want to talk. Hamas is not included. And uh, as, as far as this goes, at this point in time, Hamas is a separate entity. Uh, Hamas may end up being dealt with as a separate entity. I, I really don't know. Uh, but at this so, point in time, we are dealing with Judea and Samaria. So uh, we're going from one... Uh, one Israel's concerned, yeah. Jerusalem is not on the table. Okay, good. Um, and that was stated clearly by people in the cabinet. Um, it has not been stated bluntly and clearly uh, in terms of, no, we're not going to talk about anything in terms of the general statement that Prime Minister uh, Benjamin Netanyahu has said, uh, we are coming to the table with no preconditions. 
We are coming to talk about everything. We are expecting the Palestinian Authority to do the same. But what Netanyahu said um, was very important. He said he is coming to protect vital Israeli strategic interests and that he would be guided by two principles, to make sure to prevent the creation of a binational state from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean. That's absolutely essential. And to prevent the establishment of another, an additional Iranian-backed terrorist state on Israel's borders. We'll need to find the balance between those two things, he said, and uh, adding to that that uh, the Palestinians will also need to make concessions. Uh, He also said that at all costs he will protect Israel's vital interests as well as Israel's security interests. And it was interesting that he separated those two things out. Uh, One diplomatic source uh, noted those two things and pointed it out saying that uh, vital interest was a reference to Israel's holy sites, such as the uh, Cave of the Machpelah, the Western Wall, and so forth. Very interesting. So it sounds like he's going in with uh, the upper hand a little bit in terms of um, certainly not setting any preconditions, but certainly with the notions of what he's uh, going into and be willing to discuss. But from what you said before about Hamas being a separate entity, I hope it's not going from a one-state solution to a two-state solution to a three-state solution. It may be. It may be. Let's put it this way: it may be a three-state solution at the end, but it may be one in which at least our security interests will be secured, and uh, it may be one in which we will know where the teeth are if there are right. any. The other thing that you need to be aware of is that there was some talk of the release of 350 terrorists, uh, a number of them with blood on their hands, but these are guys who were jailed before the signing of the Oslo Accords. I see. Um, that's been put on the table for some discussion. Uh, by the same token, my understanding is Jerusalem is not on the table, uh, at least on the Israeli side. I know the Palestinians insist on it. Uh, we are adamant about it not being on the table, so that remains... A, uh, a sticking point and probably will continue to be one as it has always been. Right. Uh, and John Kerry will have his work cut out to have to thrash that one out. You know, the, the fact of the matter is the, it took three years just to get the PA to the table at all. Right. And that took a threat of withholding funding from Ramallah. Not from Hamas, right. from Ramallah. Right, of course. Well, and those are supposedly peace partners. We'll, um, <laughs> we'll, so it's a battle of the time. Exactly. You know? okay. We will uh, look forward to your future reports on this uh, coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, Hannah Levy Julian, right. thank you as always for joining us here on JM Sunday. Have a great week. And everybody, have a great week. Take care. It is uh, 8.11 in the morning. We're going to be uh, going to some music now from the Nachi Krohn Band. Coming up uh, will be a discussion on the Israel lacrosse team. We'll go, I think we're going to go back to Israel for that one here on JM Sunday.
Music from uh, God Elbaz, Emilim Shal Ruach, a remix of that. It is uh, 7.23 here in the morning on JM Sunday. Matas Weingast with you. Thanking you for joining us here on the stream, NachumSiegel.com, jmtheam.org. We are live here every Sunday morning, 7 to 9 Eastern Time in the stream. It gives me great pleasure to be joined by Mark Goldfarb, who is a representative of Fevre Lacrosse here in the United States. And uh, we welcome you, Mark, to JM Sunday. How are you this morning? Great. Good morning. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you for joining us. We were hoping to uh, also be joined by one of the coaches from the Israel Lacrosse team, but uh, I think scheduling is not going to allow that. But I would like to speak to you about the news of the day, which uh, made headlines all over the world. The Israel uh, National Lacrosse team participated in the World Lacrosse uh, League uh, Championship, and... uh, they stated in the beginning that, uh, based on the schedule, the Israel team would not play on Shabbos. There was a, a sem- I think, a quarterfinal or semifinal match that was supposed to be played on Shabbos, and the uh, the Israel Lacrosse Association came out with an official statement that basically said um, it is uh, it is important to respect their national identity and. Uh, uh, they know that a lot of people would not be happy with the team taken to the field on Shabbos. They decided not to, and the uh, International Cross uh, Organization did not change the dates. They were set with that schedule. As it turned out, it didn't matter, unfortunately, because Israel did not um, make it into that uh, final medal round. They lost to Canada uh, in a uh, semifinal game, I believe it was. But... Uh, from the perspective, it must be, though, a great feeling to know that 
the national team would stand up and say, you know what, we are not going to take the field on Shabbos. How do you feel about that? Oh, I, uh, Matis, I think that's a great, uh, a great development for uh, Israel lacrosse. Uh, Scott Neese is a very dynamic uh, young man who uh, went to Israel with two lacrosse sticks. He's distributed, uh, gotten in front of thousands and thousands of kids now, and uh, it's really, it's really a way of expressing uh, the, uh, the players on the team, the coaches of Israel lacrosse, and they really took a position and a stand. You know, even though there, it's not a quote Shomer Shabbos uh, team, uh, they've recruited some of the most extraordinary Jewish American athletes as well as Israeli athletes to be on the Israel lacrosse team, and it just shows, you know, where the uh, the values and the ethics and the morals are of the organization, you know, as it relates to the country. Right, and it sends a great message to other teams around the world that are thinking of doing this. I know we had in the news a year ago or so the uh, Barons basketball team, I think, from Texas that would not play the high school team, that wouldn't play on Shabbos, that had to forfeit the potential championship, and this sends such a clear message. Um, Going to your organization, you are here in the United States, and you are part of an organization called Hever Lacrosse. Now, I, I would hazard a guess, like me, most people have uh, maybe seen a part of a lacrosse game or kind of know what it is, but don't really know it, and certainly it's not one of those typical sports that you find in a Jewish day school. So in, in 30 seconds, can you encapsulate what is lacrosse, how is it played, and, uh, and, and, and how physical a game is it? Well, Matas, to be very candid with you, in 30 seconds is really not enough time, but I'll do my best. <laughs> Lacrosse is the fastest-going sport in the United States of America. It complements football skills, uh, hockey, basketball, baseball, soccer. If a, if a kid has interest in those sports, lacrosse complements that skill set. Uh, I grew up on Long Island. I grew up and I went to public school. You know, I became uh, from at 30 years old. And uh, I got to tell you, uh, if you look at the Jewish day schools in the United States of America, uh, you know all aspects of the system. There is no, there is no lacrosse uh, in any type of extracurricular uh, activity. So what I did, uh, as an outsider looking in, I started with four kids, just learning how to throw and catch and scoop, and we're up to 25, 30 kids in our program. Wow. We volunteer. What's that? Wow, that, that's amazing that you, you have so many yeah. who have joined. In, right, in about two years. And it's for the community, by the community. Uh, we don't charge any of the kids to, to play in the program to learn how to throw. The basic skills are throwing, catching, scooping, and then we go to a level one, which is equipment. All our coaches are volunteers. We've had, uh, we had a young man named Jordan Rothman, who is an All-American uh, lacrosse player from St. John's. He came out and ran a few clinics with us. We have uh, another current uh, former lacrosse player from Drew University, Gil Arbitsman. He's uh, come out and given clinics. All volunteered, all giving back to the, to the youth in the community. And now we're in the process of planning clinics in Los Angeles and alliances with other uh, grassroots programs in the Baltimore area. So it's really taken off and we invite and encourage anyone who's listening to this uh, this interview to you know 
website, hevralacrosse.com. Send us an email if you want to join us. If you have a lacrosse background, everyone has an open invitation to get involved and be a part of the program. What is the uh, lacrosse season like? Meaning, you know, when when does it usually happen here in the United States? It really, it really starts come March through June, July. Um, and then you have all kinds of tournaments in the off-season, you know, September through November. Okay. But it's really the main, you know, if you want to use the term secular calendar of lacrosse, mm-hmm. it's really on a high school, college level. It really comes from March, April to... Uh, you know, June, July. Right. So certainly the, uh, the, the Jewish day schools, the yeshivas could, uh, participate in it and, uh, set up the leagues or whatever is, uh, you know, we've done to move forward. Yeah. We've actually offered to run some lacrosse clinics with some of the Jewish day schools and, uh, have not gotten the, uh, response that, uh, that we've gotten, you know, from our own program, uh, on the ground level. I'm, I'm uh, in fact, we just, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, well, I, I was going to say I'm sure it it takes a lot of education just to explain the whole, uh, that it's another sport and, and going through that before even getting to the part of having the participation and having scheduling and having the schools behind you. Yeah, okay, I can see that. But it's a lot of fun. I mean, if you were to come out and see our, our program on a Sunday out here in Passaic, you'd see I have kids that have never held a stick. And we've got them uh, coaching. We've got them throwing and catching by the end of the clinic, so and they love, they love it, and they keep coming back. It's a lot of fun, and I'm actually giving a lot of fathers a lot of exercise as well. I'm <laughs> sure. Running around with their sons, it's kind of like father-son exercise as well. Great. So uh, everybody has a great time uh, learning. Uh, is there actually a, um, a a program going on today? Yes, as a matter of fact, at 10.45 a.m., we're having uh, one of our clinics today at uh, LaTerry Park on Allwood and Hampton in New Jersey, Clifton, New Jersey. Everybody knows where that is uh, over in these parts. What is the – you you gave the website. Is there a phone number or an email where people can reach you if they want to? And and also for today, could people just show up today if they want to uh, come and see what it's about? Uh, Everybody is uh, more than – Welcome to come. You have an open invitation. There's no charge. Uh, the website is hevralacrosse.com, C-H-E-V-R-A, lacrosse.com, and have all the information and the emails and the phone numbers are on that site. Great. Mark Goldfarb, I appreciate you joining me uh, for this time here on JM Sunday. We look forward to hearing more about this uh, program in the coming months, and uh, maybe uh, there'll be some type of league before the end of this next uh this next school year, get a couple of schools together. We'll see if we can push it and uh, and see what's out there. Well, actually, my, my, my dream for the program, my two-year dream, is to have a, us develop our own team here, and then we're going to go to Israel and play the kids in the grassroots program uh, in Israel. So wow. That's really the, uh, the vision for the program, so to say, as we move forward. Right. And the Israel program, you said, has been around for just a few years also. It's not a very long time. Two years. Two years. So yeah. uh, it's growing It's growing there also. Thank you again so much for joining me this morning. We look forward to hearing from you in the future. Good luck today, and I encourage everybody who has a chance to go out today to Latari Park, you said it is, right, in Clifton? Latari Park. Latari Park. Thank you very much, And Mark. see what it's like. You're welcome. Have a great day. 
It is uh, 8.33 in the morning here on JM Sunday. We're going to be joined by uh, Lauren Yelenkovich, uh, who is a singer with Yanni and a singer in her own rights. And we'll be talking about the recent uh, tour and the concert that she uh, participated in with Yanni in Israel. So that will be coming up in just a few minutes here on JM Sunday. Right now, some music by Menucha, Shema Yisrael.
Israel from Anuka here on JM Sunday. Matis Weingast with you. It is 8.39 in the morning here on a JM Sunday. Thanks for joining me here on the network, NachumSiegel.com, JMInTheAM.org. My thanks to Mark Goldfarb, who joined me before, to talk about the Israel lacrosse team and about Hevra lacrosse, bringing lacrosse to high school students here in the New York, New Jersey area, and also expanding to, as he said, to Baltimore and uh, to uh, to Los Angeles. The uh, the sport is a great one, very active, and uh, gives people a great chance to uh, to see a sport and to participate in a sport that they may not be as familiar with. It's the 21st day in the month of July, 14th day in the month of Av, 5773, and we are here until nine o'clock this morning. It gives me great pleasure to be joined on the air by Lauren Yelenkovich, who is a, a soprano singer and recently was on tour with Yanni. And one of the places that uh, she went to was Israel, Tel Aviv, in the Nokia Stadium, where they, uh, per- they performed to a packed house. And uh, it was a wonderful experience from what I hear. Lauren, welcome to JM Sunday. Well, thank you very much. I'm happy to be here. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much. You you sound very chipper, first for a Sunday morning and for somebody who came off a worldwide tour just a couple of weeks ago. Yes, I've been told that before. I'm kind of a, I'm an every-time person. I'm a morning person, I'm an afternoon person, and definitely a night person. So <laughs> Great. So this, uh, this last tour that you were on with Yanni uh, was for how many weeks, roughly? Yeah, it was about... About two and a half to three weeks, I believe. Wow. Um, yeah, we went to, uh, we were, our first stop was Tel Aviv, and, um, and then went to Greece, and we were supposed to have some concerts in Turkey, which ended up getting canceled. So, uh. um, went to Lebanon after that, but yeah. Right, so that was a, that it was, was a, a whirlwind tour and a lot of traveling. So your, your, yeah, that's for sure. your first stop was in Tel Aviv. Now, let me see if I can, if I can do this. I think I queued up something here. Uh, it is, it is, it's unofficial, it's unofficial, so, uh, we'll, we'll go to this. Um, I think, I think it would be appropriate to say that your signature song is, is Nightingale, is that right? Yes, that is correct. Uh, you you know, they call me the Nightingale, which is an awesome title to have. Well, (laughs) this is a, uh, this is just a a brief snippet, a a few seconds. It's first, we, it's in the middle of the song, and first, the violinist, and I apologize if I'm not pronouncing his name correct, you can, you can help me, Samuel Yevinyan. 
Yeah, Sam Bell, you're Vinian, yes. Okay, Vinian. So he's doing the violin and then your voice. Now we'll talk about that in a second. Uh, let's see if I can get this, this queued up uh, properly here. Uh, let's this see. This is such a surprise. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> now Okay, so how does it feel to hear yourself? Do you? Do you uh... <laughs> it feels a little interesting. <laughs> um, yeah, I've, I've heard that song so many times, so it's interesting to hear it from the audience's standpoint. Cause, oh, of course. Um, so I have in-ear monitors on, and sometimes I can hear, and sometimes I can't. I can definitely hear though when they clap right after the high part, which is always kind of exciting. I'm like, okay, I'm doing something right. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, they're playing, uh, and, and then you you come and sing that, and then it's thunderous applause. Now you're. Yeah. You're a soprano, uh, and you yeah. know. Pardon me, my knowledge of uh, my knowledge of music is not that great. Well, you know, somewhat. I used to play the accordion, so I know oh God, so cool. soprano has a certain certain range, of course, and I think it, it goes up to a, a what is it a, a higher than high C or soprano C? I well, think it's called. <laughs> Yeah, what I am, I can tell you what I am in my range that I have. Um, I am what is called a, a coloratura soprano, and I studied opera um, when I went to the Manhattan School of Music for college, and uh, and I can sing comfortably a high A above high C. Wow, so, that's that's <laughs> quite high. Kind of high. <laughs> now, so what yes. what do you hit at the end of Nightingale, which I don't have here, the very end? What's your high note there? Um, I believe it's an E. Wow. So oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. So uh, <laughs> the one in the middle, I believe, is like F sharp. So. Uh-huh. so as a um, as as a singer, I mean, you've done a lot of work beforehand. How did you get tied into Yanni? Um, you know, they were looking for uh, two female vocalists, and I was contacted by him and his management, um, who had heard about me uh, through yeah through. Oh God, I'm trying to think. Uh, I I study with the same teacher as uh, Nathan Pacheco, who used to sing with you. Used to sing, right? Okay. So, um, you know, they kind of heard about me through her and and um, you know, from online and whatnot, and uh, asked me to come down and audition. It was t- totally like a whirlwind experience. You know, they called me on a Friday, and then Sunday morning they were like, "Oh, hey, you know, if we could fly you down tomorrow morning at 7:45 a.m. on JetBlue, could you <laughs> sing for Yanni on Tuesday?" And I had just like, you know, <laughs> I was like, uh, yeah, sure, that's no problem. I just rearranged my whole schedule for the week, <laughs> which that, was, you know, the best decision I ever made, obviously. <laughs> sure, that's a, that's a dream there. Now, have you put out an album of your own yet, or are you about to do that? I'm about to do that, actually. I've been working on it. Um, it's just all kind of coming together right now. Um, waiting to get it printed, I believe, and then we're going to sell it digitally and physically so you can buy it on my website and... Um, you know, and on my Facebook page and, and whatnot, you'll be able to do all that good 
stuff. I'm excited. Great. It's got about 11 songs. Nice. And, um, yeah, I hope you guys are going to like it. It's more of a crossover stuff, so, because that's kind of the route I want to go. I want to be, uh, you know, that pop crossover person. Kind of sure. like the female best group. In. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, <laughs> okay, so let's talk a little bit about the, uh, about the trip, particularly to Israel, uh, because that is uh, something that was of interest to our listenership. We, the week before you played, uh, the uh, the Nokia Stadium. We played some Yanni music and we thanked him and the whole group because, as you may have known, there were uh, some individuals and some groups trying to persuade musicians and artists to not play in Israel. You know, the politics rears its ugly head sometimes. And there have been performers who said, you know, I'm not going to go get into the politics, so I'm just not going to play. Others, such as, for instance, Alicia Keys, said, no, I'm going. And she was there on July 4th. Uh, and there were other people, uh, Jewish and non-Jewish performers, who said, you know, we're going. Why not? Let's play. Yanni was one of them. Um, did you feel anything about Did you hear anything about that ahead of time? Or did you just say, you know, no, we're going. It's part of the World Without Borders tour that he's doing. Yeah, no, I mean, um, I, you know, certain people had, like, you know, certain fans and whatnot from different parts of the world methods, and they kind of discouraged against it. But other than that, I didn't really... Um, have much of a much of an issue with it, and I feel like Yanni for sure. Obviously, like you said, the World Without Borders tour. I think he really believes in that, and um, you know, wanted. I mean, anywhere we go, anywhere they plan out for us, you know, everybody's kind of like, all right, we're going here, we're going there, and it's always kind of very exciting. And we don't ever, you know, the only reason we didn't go to Turkey was because of all of the the protests that were going on, so it was not safe to go there. So right, it was an imminent security issue there. Because we've been there before. Uh-huh. So um, looking forward to going back. But um, I, I didn't really feel too much of that um, going to Israel. I've been to Israel. Uh, this was my fifth trip to Israel. Right. I, I wanted to ask you about <laughs> so, that. You, you performed in, uh, in Israel, and I think you also studied in Israel. Am I right? Yeah, well, I didn't study in it. Well, I guess, yeah, I guess you could say I studied there for about a month for four summers. Um, I, I performed with a group called, um, the Israeli International Vocal Arts Institute, which is, I believe is, is going on right now. I have some lovely friends that are, um, taking part of the program right now. And then at the final gala concert, they perform at the opera house there. So I've been able to do that four times, I can say. Wow. <laughs> and um, definitely one of my most favorite places I've ever visited. And, and to spend an actual, to spend a month there every summer was even better, you know. You really get to experience the culture and, you know, the people. And everybody has always been so incredibly nice. And last time I was there, I got a chance to travel around a bit, which was, you know, breathtaking. I love you know, I love it there. I want to bring my whole family there at some point, you sure. know, and <laughs> give them the grand tour. Absolutely. So I think I was the first person um, from the Yanni tour that I had actually been there before. So everybody was kind of like, where to go? Where, what are you yeah. doing here? Where are you going? Exactly. And I was like, oh, definitely go to this beach, and you got to go shopping on this street, you know? So it was a lot of fun. See, you were the tour guide there. You're the expert. Well, well, I try. <laughs> Excellent. And I've, been, the, uh, I've been raving about it. So, sure. and the re- the reception that you received uh, from the audience seemed to be it amazing. Was, yeah, you know what? It was. I had my best friend there who came with her mother to the show, and and I didn't really know how the audience was going to be because I'd only really done opera there, um, you know, and so I know that audience. And uh, but my goodness gracious, <laughs> they were so loud! It was awesome. It was quite the experience. And my friend, you know, she was like, 
holy crap. <laughs> she was like, this was incredible. You know, she's like, I didn't realize all these people in, in Tel Aviv love Yanni so much, you know. And I had been getting messages to come there, you know, for so long. Everyone was like, please bring Yanni to Israel, please, you know. So it was, I was so excited that we were actually going. And, and the, like, I mean, the reception was unbelievable. People, people were so grateful and, and happy, I, right. I feel like. I mean, that's the response I got. <laughs> sure, absolutely. It seemed that way from the reactions. You were up against uh, uh, some other uh, venues, uh, other musicians that night. I think Barbara Streisand did uh, her first concert that night. Uh, elsewhere, yeah. and uh, yeah. there was a reunion concert of uh, this Israeli group you may have heard of, Pugi, which is a yeah. long-time Israeli group, and they got together that night also, and yet you sold out the house. I know, it was quite amazing, and actually, you know, a lot of our tour knows a lot of people that that are on the um, on the Streisand tour, so that was kind of cool to run into them, and they happened to be in Israel at the same time, so that was interesting. Um yeah, I know. I know. It was so exciting. The whole entire, the whole entire experience was exciting. Sure. So. And you had said, I read somewhere that uh, when you were actually going to Israel, you were, somebody recognized you, I think, on the flight from your previous yeah, times in yeah, Israel. Yeah, my way out yeah. there. <laughs> it's, it's one thing to be part of, uh, you know, Yanni and this uh, big group of people, but, you know, as an individual, you're, that's why we're speaking to you today, uh, not just because of, of Yanni, but, you know, the work that you do also. Uh, so yeah, it must be nice to, to, to have that mixed together. It is. It definitely is. Um, it was quite, it was quite the surreal experience. I went down, you know, most of our group left from New York or, um, or LA, I believe. And so Lisa, who, who was also on tour with me, you know, I went over to see her at her seat on the plane because, you know, I often do that. <laughs> I'm always, like, trying to go visit my fellow peeps on the plane. So right. it's a long flight. And I went over there, and the person that happened to be sitting right across from her um, was somebody that had seen me perform in Tel Aviv, you know, a couple years back. And she was like, wait, you are Lauren Yelinkovich, right? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so it was just totally funny. I loved it. Um, you know, and then and then we got to go into the cockpit on LL, and we like saw them fly in a plane. It was about thirty minutes to landing, and they let us in there. Wait, so wait, cool. hold on, hold on. I I I think we better cut this part out because it's no, <laughs> the, the the security issues. You're telling me that they I let know, you I know. go. Whoa, we have to check this out with our LL people because uh, I know, it was it was amazing. <laughs> I'm so impressed. You, you you must have some good pull there because that is something that does not happen. So we will. We'll, I think we're gonna. Well, yeah, we're getting a call from the FAA right now. Hey, hey, hey! I will skip that part. I was able to put on that clip from Tel Aviv. I did not find anywhere though a clip from when you were first discovered, as it were, on Ed McMahon's <laughs> next big star program. Going back a couple of yes. years, that 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 must that was, have been. Yes, that was back a few years yeah. when I was about fifteen. That, that, that must have been an amazing experience, also, to get up there and uh, be like, you know, wow, <laughs> I won that. Yeah, no, I um, actually, my dad heard about the competition on the radio, and he was like, "Oh, you have to go and audition," and I was kind of like, "What? You know, all right, cool, fine, you know." So I went, and I, I'm lucky to have some really amazing and supportive parents and a really supportive family. So, um, you know, and they were with me throughout the whole entire uh, experience, which was quite the whirlwind. I mean, that was kind of when I decided, you know what? Okay, maybe I could, uh, maybe I could do this for a living. And I, 
knew that music was the only thing I was really interested in. And, um, you know, and winning the grand prize on Ed McMahon's Star Search was awesome. So must have been. <laughs> I was so excited. Kind of what propelled me into this, I believe. Absolutely. That and, you know, my grandmother and singing Disney songs when I was four and five. <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll save that footage for later, though. Sure. It is, uh, it's 8.53 in the morning Eastern time here on JM Sunday. My guest is Lauren Yelenkovich, a soprano singer par excellence, and uh, recently completed a, a leg of a tour with uh, Yanni. We, are you going to be going on a, is there any more touring planned for Yanni and you with Yanni in yes, the coming I months? I believe that's all in the works. Um, okay. <laughs> nothing official yet. Yeah, you guys have to check, uh, you know, Yanni's website and, of course, my Facebook page, right. uh, which is Facebook slash Lauren Dariana, D-A-R-I-A-N-A. And um, I try to post all my schedule and whatnot up there. Um, and I have a new website coming up soon. So. Oh, great. <laughs> I'll post all of that there. Excellent, excellent. So, yeah, we'll find out information about that. So you, you will be doing the uh, – you'll be on the next leg. Whenever it happens. Yeah, for sure. I believe, I think it's going to be sometime in September, but I'm not, oh, I can't really officially say. Right. No. Is it, well, are you able to say whether it's, uh, which continent it's on, or that's also, uh, secret that's so far? That's also to okay. be determined. Okay. That's good. Well, one of, one of, I find out when everybody else finds yeah, out. Yeah, probably. Online. Right, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. going there? That's you'll, awesome. You'll get a package in the mail with the tickets and saying, here, you're going, we're, we're doing something new. We're going to Antarctica. <laughs> He's never been there before. Exactly. Hey, that's on my list. That's on my list. Yeah, it's one of the things to do. Uh, it sounds great. Um, so in the, in the next, uh, in the coming months, you said you have the album coming out. Uh, any other, um, yeah. uh, uh, program performances that you're scheduled to do? Any concerts or, uh, um, I You're think a couple concerts easy. around New York City, but I'm oh. uh, having a little bit of a vacation. Um, so for right now, and working on you know getting the album out and whatnot, and then doing some concerts to promote that and stuff. So, Excellent. But I'll, Excellent. don't worry, I'll keep it all posted online. Thank you so much, and Lauren, I want to thank you so much for joining me this morning here on JM Sunday. It's been wonderful to speak with you. Thank you again for well, uh, thank you. I'm doing happy. the tour, and you're welcome. And uh, joining everybody in Israel, and we look forward to hearing more about your upcoming work in the future. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here, and thanks for having me. All righty. Take care. Have a great day. It All is... right, you too. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. It is 8.55 in the morning. We're going to go to some music by Shalshelis here on JM Sunday. Hashem 
My thanks to all my guests this morning here on JM Sunday, the wild morning. Ellie Hagler from Yachad, Hannah Levy Julian on News from Israel, Mark Goldfarb from Hever Lacrosse, and uh, Lauren Yelenkovich from uh, from Yanni. Uh, and uh, appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Nachum will be back tomorrow morning, 6 a.m., jmnam.org, 91.1 FM on the dial. And a great programming coming up today here on the uh, stream. Keep it tuned. Charlie Harari coming up next. The Israel Show tomorrow morning at uh, 9 a.m. Following Nachum Siegel on JM in the AM. Have a great week, everyone. I'll see you on Thursday morning over at JM in the AM.